0: All right, Jonathan, welcome back. Hello.
1: Rory, good afternoon. How's
0: things? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks. How's you?
1: Yeah, good. Good. All busy, busy, busy as usual. <laughs> um, obviously lots of lots of lots going on in the, on the economic front today, um and for the rest of the week as well. Um so interesting to see markets are Pretty strange at the moment. Um, you know, it's 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 almost like in a lot of a lot of sense technicals are telling us different to what the fundamentals are telling us. So it's a little bit tricky in the markets at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. to actually to execute personally. Um,
0: but let's have a look at the markets and let's let's see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we've got quite a bit of volatility in there, you know, um, just looking at US equities on Friday, obviously with a huge bearish candle on Friday, S&P opened at 4280, closed all the way down, you know, nearly 4200, you know, huge moves. And then obviously yesterday, we've seen a bit of a reversal, but again, market slows lower, weren't they able to sort of hold that up. And I think a lot of that's really coming from what we're seeing is, you know, yields. We've seen the U.S. yields on Friday and and Monday move up towards that 5%, over 5% as the first time from 2007. And then we've seen that strong sell-off in yields, you know, bonds started to go up again, which, you know, was something I said in previous podcasts was that you'd probably be mad if you're a long-term investor not to be taking 10-year papers at, at 10%, Yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, so we're starting to see it but there's a few other reasons for those yields coming off as well that we'll we'll get into later on in the podcast absolutely um i suppose yeah looking at
1: indices to start with i guess um obviously european uk indices still kind of on that free fall you know they're they're, they're kind of somewhat in a trending sideways at the moment but obviously I, i i still i still feel there's further downside potentially
0: especially for uk european indices yeah i mean we've seen you know uk unemployment you know employment change coming in this morning unemployment rate as well 4.2 percent Yeah, you know we've seen consumer confidence in germany again coming in lower than expected and some of the pmis there as well coming also in a bit lower than expected so i think what what we're seeing from that is is kind of nearly a feat you know, is maybe investors starting to play the front run here and trying to think, well, what are the ECB going to do now that they're seeing the economy starting to slow? Are they maybe going to look at start to um cut rates? If they are going to cut rates, how equity markets going to respond? I think that's what a lot of investors now are starting to jump on, is, is trying to jump on that bandwagon. But again, we're just not really seeing it in. In most, we did see a bit of a bounce in, in the DAX this morning. Obviously, yesterday from those sort of 14,600 bouncing there up to 14,800 near the 900 mark, but again, it is sort of well overdue. There has been heavy sell on there, and as I said, pullbacks there's always a difference in a pullback and a reversal, and I think that's something you have to just be aware of at the minute. Which one is it? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, like even looking across, yeah, the US indices again, we've seen a bit of a jump this morning. I think, uh, Obviously, the the Nasdaq's seen a slight jump, slight increase. S and P, again, leveling around yesterday's close. There's there's you know there's not a whole lot going on. Obviously, individual stocks we've seen a bit of a bounce in some of the stocks. Obviously, Netflix coming in a bit higher. Uh, we saw Microsoft jump, Nvidia jump, uh, Amazon jump this morning, and Facebook. Obviously, we're we're just pre U uh, S open, um, but
0: we, we might see a bit of a jump in U S equities. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, going back to Netflix, we've seen, you know, the, the sort of surprise was coming in there that they, they put also put the the price increase up as well. And then they also had the um, the password churn. And it looks as if that's kind of paid off for Netflix. We've seen that jump a few days ago. It was a Thursday. And prices just really remained above that 400. And as you say, a few others there uh, as well. But we also then have a lot of earnings coming in this week. You know, I think today we have, uh, is it Google, Microsoft? um and later on this afternoon so or later on this evening really I should say for the us so that's something we'll be keeping an eye out on as well seeing how those earnings are going to report stronger than expected earnings in and obviously going to lift the stocks higher weaker maybe going to bring them down but again we're just in this sort of macro climate at the minute where nobody seems to know what the hell's going on and every time uh, sentiment, right i
1: mean sentiment is just clearly risk off at the moment but yeah. and, and markets just don't know what to to
0: do really directionally wise um I mean, and, it seems to just be one thing after another you know it was COVID, then it was russia now it's you know israel and palestine it's it's literally just one thing after another and you have to you have to wonder what the hell's fucking next yeah yeah you know it's yeah. it's really crazy markets they're, they're really not getting a break markets you know
1: actually there's if we move over as well looking at um moving down to oil there's a few questions actually i'd like to pick your brains about as well i mean obviously we're seeing higher highs Higher lows for you know for quite some time since kind of early early October, um, we, we've now kind of seen that now pull back even further out out of that kind of uptrend. You know, what's your kind of short term mid term view
0: for for oil now at the moment? Yes, I still think that eighty four that eighty four handle even as low as eighty, I think that's always going to hold. You know, for the meantime, as long as there's tensions over there in the Middle East, you know that's that's definitely going to hold. One thing as well that, you know, you might want to be cautious of is um, obviously coming up the presidential elections next year in the US, you know, Biden administration know that they're under some pressure, but they're also under some pressure to try and you know get Trump behind bars to, you know, to sort of stop that. And I think one thing they would do is if they can't stop that, they're probably then going to look to try and turn on the taps you know, in the US and try and reduce the price of oil. And that's one thing really to keep an eye out for, because if they start doing something like that, then obviously the price of oil is going to uh, drastically fall. As well, any further short tensions in the Middle East as well could look at... Um, obviously longer shipping times of oil, higher prices can up, could look at some uh, plants closures, as well as that, you know, there is obviously the tensions with Iran at the minute. If Iran do start to get involved in the war, then you could start to see sanctions against their oil. You know, that's 2 million barrels a day, completely wiped off the market. You know, that would just see oil going from 80 where it is now all the way up to 94, 96, maybe even 100. You know, easy, that's what you would see. So we're seeing that kind of zone now where it, it's, you know, it's it's kind of,
1: hold fire almost isn't it I mean until we see some levels being being hit um again you know that kind of 90 level mm-hmm. is isn't is, is a nice level if we start to see price you know retrace back up to that one that 90 level and see any kind of a breach of that you know that's going to give us a, a decent indicator and again anything below 84 you know you know op- opens up the downside a bit but for me you know there's there's no trade here at the moment for, for me I, I I took advantage of the the oil run um but right now i just don't see uh potential
0: buying or selling at the moment yeah i mean if you you know as you said if you want to get involved in a long term position now you're up there around that $100 a barrel i think it would be a good time to enter the market just be prepared to keep you know a wide stop on that if you're looking to buy maybe you know futures contract for it fine but i wouldn't be i wouldn't ent- entirely want to be long this market but i certainly wouldn't want to be short it yeah, exactly. exactly that. That's yeah. one thing. You know, it's maybe not a good long position, but I'll tell you something, it's not a good short position either. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's kind of a whole fire. Let's mm-hmm. have a look at gold. Um,
1: gold kind of has obviously fallen off a bit this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we, we you know, we saw that kind of 1900 level hit and time and time again, we've just seen sell orders, you know, place and just to bring bring price back down. Um, and yet again, it, it, it's happened again. Uh, there's, there's just not enough going on to 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 really push gold any higher for me personally. Um, and it's another kind of oil situation as well, um, you know, with with the uncertainty in the markets,
0: it's just hard to kind of scope, Uh, you know, the, the immediate direction. Yeah. I mean, as, as I said, was it last week's podcast or the week before, you know, we knew that whenever gold has come up that 2000, it was just going to start to spark all the sell orders on it. Everybody knew that it was never going to get up. And I always said, Jonathan, throughout the, you know throughout the year 2000 was too high for oil 1800 was too or 2000 is too high for gold 1800 is too low 1900 sounds about right you know and i think it's just always going to revert back to the mean we're just going to see the rejection of 2000 down to 1900 we might then see see it back down to 1800 but mm-hmm. if we do see it 1800 it'll be then back up 1900 you oh, know and there's and- just that big there's just that 200 point range between 1800 and, and um in 2000 and i think price is just going to be uh, maintained really throughout that range for quite some time absolutely and off the back
1: of that kind of that fall we've seen obviously the dollar index kind of uh get a bit of a bounce today as well uh which obviously hasn't hasn't helped gold either um mm. looking at the dixie again you know it, it's it's since it's falling off that kind of one oh seven forty level or so we've seen kind of that downtrend start to <clears throat> start to appear um yep. again is this, a, is this a slight reprieve for dollar at the moment um before we see further gains or you know will this turn into a, a, a you know slippery slope that's that's the question obviously we've got um pal speaking tomorrow um and that'll give us some more insights into interest rates hikes
0: and I mm-hmm. certainly think that could be uh, a catalyst for um dollar direction yeah I th- I think there's a lot of fear at the minute, you know, around dollar. Obviously, we haven't seen it, you know, technically speaking, we haven't seen it getting down to that 105 level yet. Since we've seen it breach there, it hasn't even got down to 105. You know, and that's the level we call the ultimate ceiling. So the fact that it's got above, that's great. And the fact that it's still there, it you know, provides even stronger. But, you know, one of the things I'm looking at here is, you know, in the treasury yields. Yeah. We've seen them yesterday, you know, uh, pop up above 5%. then obviously seen that huge retracement lower. Um, a lot of that actually came off the back of um, Bill Ackman. You know, he's a famous hedge fund manager in New York. He says that, you know, they're no, no longer now short bonds and they're starting to cover those shorts. You know, so they're looking to start to buy bonds, which means that yields are going to come lower. And I think a lot of people are taking that same approach. As well, one thing, you know, to kind of understand as well about Japan is, you know, they're looking at that at the yield curve control now. Um, a lot of Japanese investors would typically invest in US bonds simply for those higher yields. But now, if, if Japanese investors are going to come out of negative um, yields and and maybe that yield curve is going going to start to go higher, then that could result in them starting to sell more uh, US bonds too. So there is a bit of um, a bit of a divergence there of really what's going on in the markets too. And I think there's just that um, uncertainty really coming in, as you say about Jerome Powell. You know, we know that there's not going to be a hike in November, but we've seen it time and time again where, um, you know, this by this time we were supposed to have I think two rate cuts. Were priced into the market. Yeah. Uh, at the start of the year, we were supposed to see two rate, rate cuts. We haven't seen anything, you know, and that, and that keeps getting pushed further and further down the line. So I always say don't buy into the narrative just yet. The narrative's right, but it's just not the right time, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we, we we have seen evidence, you know, the economy's starting to struggle. The leading indicators are showing that we're starting to struggle. And I think it's the time of, you know, if, if the soft landing's going to be there, is it going to be timed right? And I think that's really what we're watching out for. Sure. Uh, we've obviously seen the immediate reaction uh,
1: with the cross pairs um, since we've seen a bit of dollar strength today, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, pound dollars back to that kind of 122 level, Um, you know, looking at Euro dollar again, it's falling back to around that kind of 106 level. Again, you know, prices have kind of come down to some 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 levels now we might get some action off as well. Uh, and again, coming up for another what 25 minutes, we've got the US open.
0: Um, we should see some further movement from here as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you know, talking there, you're, you know, Euro dollar up that one hundred and seven, seeing the rejection. If you draw a line in there, you've got a kind of, you know, key area between one hundred and four, one hundred and seven. Could come back down to that 104 who knows um i don't expect the ecb to be any more hawkish than you know what they've ever been i think now they're going to start to be looking back we're seeing you know employment in the in the eu worsening we're seeing leading indicators the pmi is worsening i couldn't see them going for another hike although we know how much the ecb loved over time due to the past but i think this time i hate saying these words but i think this time will be different you know i don't believe those words but i, th- I think it will you know
1: um and what's your kind of short-term view then for the Euro dollar?
0: I, I still think we could see Euro dollar coming down to that 105, 104. I don't know if we're going to see it coming back down to parity, but I certainly don't think we're going to see Euro dollar back above that sort of 110, 112 mark anytime this year. Certainly don't think that's going to be the case. It's definitely going to be confronted there. Um I, I mean, the US is going to be a lot more resilient than the European economy, and that's for sure. You know, and I think um who's going to cut rates first is it going to be the ecb or is it going to be the the us you know and that's the question to ask you know and if you can answer that question you'll be able to see where Euro usd is going to go
1: absolutely i mean look we've had 12 weeks of you know great trading in terms of you know just it's watching the the rising dollar i mean it's it's just been great trading it's been very easy trading now we might come into a stage now we're going to get some sideways moving markets potentially um before we do see another um, you know, either rally to the upside or, or the downside. So um, especially coming into towards the kind of Christmas months, I hate to say it, say it this early, and music hasn't even started playing in the shops yet, but it's, you know, we do know that markets tend to um, slow down um,
0: around the, you know, the coming months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always slow down sort of coming in. And then obviously you can see the Christmas rally always oh, starts around the start of December, end of November. You yeah. know, Santa rallies, it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. but again, yeah, I, I, I never, I never knew why it was. I always thought it was because people um, got stocks bought for them for Christmas or something. I thought maybe, <laughs> was, you know. You know <laughs> here, here, here you are son. I know you always wanted an Xbox, so here's two shares of Microsoft. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, I, I You're wish, wish that, their profits into. I, I wish. I wish. Did some somebody said something to me that if instead of buying every new iPhone. If you put the cash equivalent in the Apple stock, you'd, it'd be worth like a million or, or something over a million. If yeah. you you know, so the first iPhone three, what was it? Was it like four hundred quid or something? I don't know, something like that. So if you put four hundred quid back in, when did it come out? Oh seven, oh six.
1: Yeah, somewhere around something
0: like that. Something. So if you put in four hundred pound, then five, six, and whatever, yeah, all yeah, the way up yeah. to now, you'd have like a million pound of Apple stock right now. Yeah, geez. it's 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 you know it's fucking hard to believe shit like that. You sort of think, you know, the ifs and the buts. yeah (laughs) that's the way it is so if 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 you're listening and your dad has bought you you know instead of buying you a fucking xbox he's he said well i know how much you love the xbox i've bought you two shares of nvidia that's the chip inside it yeah 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 yeah. exactly fucking take it and hold hold it (laughs) (laughs) long term (laughs) yeah <laughs> you know i could just imagine i remember i got my first iphone iphone 4 when it first came out and you know i got it and i was all pleased i remember it was 452 quid or something you know yeah. it's like and people are like fucking hell for a phone that's insane and i was like "Yeah, it's expensive yeah. like isn't it you know now the iphones are what like a thousand pound you know like shit but like should, what you get an extra lens,
1: or you know, it's it's ridiculous now. And I think that's the problem with with Apple. They need to innovate. Um, their their last iPhone that came out was just you know they tried to kind of put this spin, this eco spin on it, um, yeah. and it just didn't work. Um, people need innovation, and if they you know that's why they're market leaders because they are leading innovators. Yeah. If that changes and they don't, if they don't step up soon, people are going to be kind of wondering like, why would I want to be kind of you know paying this kind of money to, to, to jump up to the next phone. Do you know why I mean? you, know you, you just, just, you know, for what, you know, uh, this the only thing is people would, would wouldn't need to upgrade is for obviously softwares and so on. But yeah, I, guess I just don't, you know, unless
0: you just want to show off that you got the latest phone, there's no real benefit. Yeah. yeah. If if you bought, I, I, I just worked out quick. If you bought the first iPhone at 400 quid instead of buying the first iPhone, you bought a hundred shares of Apple, which would have been the equivalent. And this is without stock splits. Yeah. You would you'd be sitting on 17 and a half grand right now. And that's without that's without stock splits. So what I need to actually find is you know, how many stock splits that will do. And if we can't if we yeah, so they've had five. So a four for one, a seven for one, a nine for one, and a two for one. So that'd be seven times four times nine. So yeah, you probably would be sitting on over a million if you invested if you bought if you bought Apple stock instead of the new phone you'd be sitting in well over a million we need to figure out what's the next one Rory share it with our listeners it's I'm, I'm telling you we've covered it before but we don't know what it is go on I, I don't know what it is I'm just saying we've more than likely covered it before
1: oh, but... 100% absolutely um, you know, that's, and that's the that's thing, the thing it. That, you know it, there's that's why people jump on the penny stock so so um loosely mm-hmm. yeah. um. It's just because there's that huge potential growth, but if you can actually get, you know, a blue chip company that has that, you
0: know, that that potential expansion, you know, there's there's always opportunities. Yeah. yeah. What, do to, the, what do you think? What do you think the share? Sorry, what do you think the share price of Apple was back in 2010? Wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Well, it's 173 now. Yeah. What Was it 50? No, it was like two dollars, three dollars back in 2000 and... 2009 it was three dollars 30. 2009 it's three my god like you, you know you sort of look at that and just be like it's less than the price of coffee yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's insane when you think about that before i answered you like
1: <laughs> <Huh? laughs> i've got a chance to run me i look yeah
0: um... <laughs> <laughs>
1: you need to prepare be better in the future or uh yeah i see it here now oh my god look at that it's insane isn't it
0: yeah it is fucking crazy
1: um yeah so just jumping back quickly to fx markets um just want to ask you your opinion on dolly yen obviously we've we've seen a bit of a drop off from that critical kind of 150 level um surprised seeing no interventions here um just they kind of they kind of seem to be happy once it's staying below that but i mean what are the consequences? or you know, what do you think is going to happen from
0: here? Yeah. I mean, as I've said, anything up to that 150 there's always going to be some sort of intervention. But I think now what we're we're sort of focusing on is is there going to be that yield curve control coming out from the, you know, the Bank of Japan? You know, if they start to, you know, obviously allow rates to go higher, then we could start to see a lot of money flowing back into Japanese government bonds. And, you know, that could create a bit of a stronger yen in itself. So that's kind of what we're looking out for. I mean. That day back in, what was it, 3rd of October, when we've seen a huge whipsaw action on USD JPY where it moved from 150 down to 147.50, you know, huge, huge action. That's actually still never been confirmed whether it was the Bank of Japan or whether it was a fat finger, but we assume it was. So I still think any sort of moves up above that 150 is going to see intervention and see it moving down. And, and that's kind of why, you know, we've seen now for the last few days it's went up to 150 and came off all of a sudden because people are t- absolutely terrified to buy at 150.
1: Who the hell
0: wants to be buying Japanese yen at 150 when then no intervention could happen at any time? You know? Yeah. So that's that's the thing about it. I don't think it's going to go any higher than this. I think actually for now, I would start to be looking um, to be quite short in JPY to be quite honest. And it wouldn't be coming from a, a bearish dollar, long yen perspective. It's just simply being a long yen perspective. Yeah, 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 Agreed um Aussie dollar Aussie yeah. dollar I mean we we seen that bounce from what 63 I need to find it here in the, in like the a triple bottom now we saw yeah. it, um, this this
1: morning um and again price keeps reacting around that kind of resistance around that 63 70 80 level mm-hmm. um and it doesn't seem to be able to break it obviously looking at the 200 ma um, still still trading below that and you're kind of decent and trend line there as well like it's it just doesn't seem to be able to breach that at the moment um even off the back of you know some some news that came out as well um obviously the rba's last meeting <clears throat> um was talking about obviously raising its um policy rate i mean again imports as well and so on um lots of news coming out that was quite positive news and again this is why i was kind of talking earlier on about the podcast about difference between what technicals are telling us to as opposed to what fundamentals are telling us and this is a great example of it you know Mm -hmm. um you know i'd like to be in a short position position technically here um but fundamentally you know
0: it's hard to tell yeah well for me i would be short technical short fundamental to be honest i mean some of the data you the only thing i can really find that's supportive of a longer Aussie dollar right now is kind of higher higher um commodity prices, you know, higher gold prices. That's about the only thing that can really support that. I mean, we're seeing um, you know, the Chinese markets are hugely struggling at the minute. You know, we're seeing um Chinese banks stepping in now with stimulus. We're starting to see defaults as well on corporate loans in China. China's not in a good place at the minute. You know, and what that means is that they're not obviously going to be in a good place to start importing goods from Australia, so exports from Australia, which is obviously going to affect you know, the Aussie dollar. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this continue to move further and further down. I mean, I don't know if you've seen my chart on the app this morning, but you know, I had a bit of a trend line drawn in there from kind of September, October through to now. And price just doesn't seem to get above it. It is just creating these higher lows every single time. And again, today it looks like it's going to create another higher low and it's just going to continue moving down to around that 60 level. I think that's just where we're for. Um, I think we've seen that triple bottom at 63. As I, as I always say, I think those triple bottoms are quite dangerous. You know, Why does something need to retest that level three times? Yeah. You know, if, it, if it was a huge buying opportunity, people would have bought it the first time. So I think next time we see anything coming down below that 63, it's going to be a break or retest, and then probably that move lower. Well, that 62 level is quite important, I think. Um,
1: to know, if, uh, I certainly see price getting to that 62 level, whether we see a breach or not is another thing. But if we mm-hmm. do, I mean, again, technically, there's, there's nothing in a way of just further
0: downside. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you have to go back on the charts here. You actually have to go on a monthly chart to really see exactly where we are. You know, for reference, last time we were at these levels was October 2022. Last year, that's when we seen, you know, the bit of a crisis coming in with the pension funds and things like that in the UK. We've seen a flight to dollar. And then before that was COVID. And then before that was actually 08, 09. And then before that was actually the um, just after the tech bubble burst in 2001. Yeah. You know, so you can kind of see every time it gets down to these levels, it is a, it's a major, major event, you know. So, so so one maybe has to ask the question is the downside left yeah there, there probably is downside maybe down to that around that 60 level but there could be a long-term reversal here in Aussie dollar maybe for the next decade that's something as well to start looking at yeah yeah agreed. um any other cross pairs that you're looking at there's no other really crossfires I'm looking at. You know, one of my big focuses this week has really just been a fixed income, looking at the bonds, things like that, seeing what way yields are moving, you know, because that's just such an important thing um, for the dollar right now, and as well of, of how um, markets are going to be shaped up. As well as that, I've just really been keeping an eye out on the s and I'm just desperate for that bitch to keep breaking lower so I can just get in and buy it. You know, <laughs> that's that's really all I'm hoping for. You know, I'm just I'm just hoping to wake up some morning to see S&P futures down 20% so I can just load everything into it, you know, that's, yeah, that. yeah. that's all I'm waiting for. Yeah. Uh, how's the portfolio going? Our portfolio is going shite, to be honest. We, um, I haven't got the, the data. well, it's actually not going shite. It, it's still beating the S&P. We're still up money. It's beating the S&P. Let me see if I can get it up. No, I haven't got it up, but we are up about 2%. At the moment, so we were up over, I think it was like thirteen percent at the minute, and then we were up over two percent. So was now some positions, you never did, now? No, <laughs> no I, I never did. Them out. <laughs> I just, it, it, it was funny because I was talking about closing them out, and I actually remember the dip. The date was around the seventh of September. Yeah, that's. right. And, the, and then we seen a bit of a bounce, and we got back above four thousand five hundred in the S and P. And I said, "Fuck, we'll just leave it." And then bang, market just shut itself and ran. You know. So we never got a, We never got a chance on it, but I think what we're going to do is maybe start to look um, at taking a few profitable positions off, things like that, maybe adding a few short positions into it and things like that. But again, it's it's one of those things, and one of the main reasons I set this up, and I know it's kind of off on a tangent, but maybe some people will be interested, is one of the things, the reason I set it up was because there's a theory in, in, in finance where if you have a 20 stock, after you've 20 or 21 stocks, you can't diversify anymore. It's, it's just a rule that, so it divert the volatility to diversifying line kind of slopes like an inverse hockey stick. So after 21 stocks, you just can't diversify anymore. And basically, what I'm trying to show is that no matter what you have after 21 stocks, it doesn't fucking matter what you have, it's going to perform roughly the same as the market's going to perform. And that's what I'm trying to show. No matter how good our stocks are, no matter how bad they are, it's going to perform roughly the same as the market. And that's what we're seeing. Sure, sure. You know,
1: um, I look, we'll, I think we'll finish off just. It's hard not to to mention Bitcoin. Uh, has obviously rose to thirty five thousand for the first time since what April twenty two. Um, that's off the back of obviously the the likelihood that the spot Bitcoin ETF is gonna is coming out in the US. So, so you know that's. Uh, I know you're not a we are not a massive crypto <laughs> fan, but it's hard to ignore a move move like that. Obviously, no, that's it. quite a big level there around just.
0: Was the one to start on it, sir? So? Huh? What does it want to
1: star on its own? Does <laughs> it want to what?
0: What does it want to star on its own? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's i give a shit. Oh,
1: you'll start to see some big companies jumping on this. You're already seeing, you know, some of the big, um, big firms, you know, Fidelity. Well, FTX. Uh, FTX.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> putting putting the back end behind it as well. So, you know, yeah, when when know. these firms are coming out and talking about it and, you know, you, you can't ignore it, you know.
0: I mean, yeah, but two thousand and one, every single firm had an online website. Everybody's talking about the internet. The internet, the internet didn't fail, but ninety nine percent of companies did. Yeah, you know, and things get a huge reset, and I think that's just where we're kind of going. You know, I think that's just one thing to be careful of. I'm not saying that cryptocurrencies are going to fail, but what I'm saying is that ninety nine percent of them will. You yeah. know. I, and you you know, sometimes the biggest thing now isn't the biggest thing in 10, 15 years. You know, and there's so many examples that I mean half the people listen to this, or maybe they do, but do you remember AOL? Do you remember America Online? How big it was? Yeah. You know, do you remember um Nokia? I'm sure you had a Nokia phone growing up, so did I, but you don't have a Nokia phone anymore. You, you know, and all these things. Come and go, Nokia, AOL, whatever in the nineties was the biggest thing. Everybody had it. That's, that goes back to the innovation now as well. Like, do you know, I can only they were just passed out.
1: Um, well, do you know, well, that's what it was. They just they give up, they just thought that we're the best, that there's hard nothing to, else. hard to bypass guys, you know, a company that's got a bigger GDP than some countries, do you know. I can always, so.
0: Yeah, but that that's the thing, you know, companies. Companies like Nokia got lazy because they said, well, we're the biggest in the world. We don't need to innovate. People will always buy from us, but that's not the case. Yeah. The thing about Bitcoin is that, you know, it's relatively new in terms of what it is, but it's, it's quite old in terms of within the crypto space. And there's so many smart guys coming out of college now. And there's so many smart people in the world who are going to try and innovate it a lot better and create a coin that can do more things than it can do and make it more secure. And I don't know, whatever it does, there's the going to be... technology is is, is what's key to... This. Yes. So that's as simple
1: as that. It's just yeah, but there's gonna be there's gonna be innovations off yeah, that you know, there's no doubt, innovations off that Rory. right? But also you'll start to see you're already starting to see it like banks are already innovating their, their technologies, their software, their transaction processing. Yeah. You know, everything is is starting to get better. we we were living in an antiquated society in terms yeah. of banking and money transactions, it was fucking shite, you know. But now we're starting to see banks actually stand up and start to innovate themselves as well mm-hmm. to offer you know better transactions and, and a quicker faster yeah. transactions and so on and adopting yeah. new new technologies to to improve that. So
0: yeah, let's that's, keep that's an eye on. Yeah, eye. it's you know the 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 only last thing I would say on it is that you know I wouldn't ever say I'm a globalist. You know I don't I don't really believe in that. But one thing you always have to remember is this: who owns who owns crypto? Who owns Bitcoin? So yeah. somebody, somebody does, but we don't know who it is. And for now, we're going to take the face value that it's a random person, you or me, who's hiding out in, I don't know, wherever they're living. The problem is who owns the currency of the world? Who owns the gold? Who owns everything else? It's the banks, it's the finances, it's the governments. They all own these companies. Yeah. So if they can't own Bitcoin, do you think they're going to be interested in it? that's That's one thing that gets to me. You know, Not that I believe that that's right. I like can ignore it. I think that's the... Yeah. You just can't but, but they do have the power to crush it that's the thing i'm not i am a crypto skeptic but i'm not saying it'll never work i'm just i just think for me there's there's better investment somewhere else but as you say it's great to see it above 35k i think that's amazing you know congrats to all the winners you know
1: (laughs) that's it you're on the right side
0: yeah yeah congrats well done if you took the trade well done
1: yeah, look, you know what? Like I think that's a conversation itself as well, going into you know, technologies and you know, softwares and innovations and, and other other key areas where maybe the likes of Bitcoin will will just won't continue. I definitely I'm a strong believer that we will change currencies. Um, and obviously uh, it's an it's an easy adoption to something like, you know cryptocurrency that's there and it's available um especially if regulations come through but I also think there's going to be further like you say further technologies and further options and further innovations from banks and 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 other processes that will enable a lot of what what bitcoin can do and that could potentially bring cryptocurrencies back into the space of the dark web you know in a way and and unsolicited you know buyings and so on so yeah let's leave it (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um Yeah, look, we'll be back then, obviously, on Wednesday for our next episode, guys. Uh, In the meantime, if you have questions for us, jump into the app. Uh, We're always happy to answer any questions.
0: Yep, perfect. Sounds good. See you next time, John.
1: Thanks, buddy. Take care, man.